G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations, Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. One of the key issues in leadership, I believe, is learning which battles to fight and which battles to flee, what things to hold on to and what things to let go. We're going to learn more about all this as we study 2 Corinthians. Our series is entitled, Heartfelt and Inspired, Understanding 2 Corinthians, a verse-by-verse commentary. This particular lesson, it's number nine, is entitled, Time to Forgive, Love, and Move On. This, to me, is a great lesson in leadership. I was told this years ago when I dealt with some difficult people, it doesn't happen to me often, but occasionally, but these were particularly difficult, and I was told a leader knows when, how to let go. And I believe that that's what Paul is teaching us here in 2 Corinthians. And we're in chapter 2, and we'll be dealing with chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. But what we have here is an interesting segment. If you ever studied 1 Corinthians, and in chapter 5, there was a scandal in the church. You see, whenever carnality trumps true spirituality, you will have scandal in the church, even if the carnality is very common in the outside world. To have such carnality in the church, of course, brings embarrassment and reproach. However, in 1 Corinthians 5, the scandal was even something that the average worldly Corinthian wouldn't do, and that's to have his father's wife. It could have meant marriage of a stepmother or merely an affair. Whatever case, it was fairly noxious, and Paul gave instructions what to do about this brother. And yet, what is interesting is that now Paul is giving a very different instruction. He's basically saying that this person who committed the sin, we would call it incest, has experienced sufficient punishment, that he has been inflicted by many. And as far as Paul was concerned, he's had enough. Paul, the man has suffered enough. So what he tells us, and it's very interesting, he tells us in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 2, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, in verse 8, I urge you to reaffirm your love to him. Do you understand what's happened here? In the first epistle, Paul is basically being very firm. He's not outrageous. He's not having a hissy fit. He's not demonstrating a temper tantrum, dealing with this man who had brought such scandal to the church. He is simply counseling biblical firmness. These are the standards of God. We are in great strife if we don't keep them. We engender great blessing if we do. 
Well, after being firm in the first epistle, he's basically saying in the second epistle, go easy. This man has been sufficiently punished. It is time to forgive and comfort him because failure to do so means he will be swallowed up with too much sorrow. Therefore, reaffirm your love towards him. And basically, Paul goes on to say that he is writing to them again, the second epistle to the Corinthians, to see if they'll be obedient to him. And then he goes on in verse 10 of chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, and he's basically saying, now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. Forgiveness, friends, is Christianity 101. It is tantamount. We need to receive forgiveness from God for our sins, and we need to extend forgiveness to others. And failure to forgive others means that God will not forgive us. And that's said in Mark eleven twenty six, Unforgiveness basically will stifle your Christian growth. It is like a prison that you have built for yourself. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You cannot bear fruit while you're imprisoned in unforgiveness. Don't put it or hide it under the ruse of being hurt. Unforgiveness is a very terrible bondage. And so Paul is teaching us this wonderful lesson. It's time to forgive, to love, and to move on. If you can learn this lesson to forgive, love, and move on, you're going to run the race and win. And so now let's take a look at the passage itself in 2 Corinthians. We're going to read, and then we're going to look at each verse one at a time to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church today. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many, so that contrarywise ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that ye would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write, that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the presence or person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 11. Let's listen carefully to the word of the Lord. Begin with verse 6. This punishment which was inflicted by the majority is sufficient for such a man, so that on the contrary, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him. All right, I've just gone into verse 7. Well, who are we talking about again? We're talking about the man of 1 Corinthians 5, who was in what we would describe an incestuous relationship with his father's wife. It tells us here, he was inflicted by many. Now, what they exactly did to him, I don't know. They may have refused to speak to him, or if they spoke to him, they pretty much read him the riot act, or they refused to eat with him. Now, it's pretty strong measure, admittedly, but the sin is so bad, as we've learned, even the Corinthians didn't do things like this. And Corinth had a reputation for being a depraved, party-going, trading center, paradoxically full of religion as well. So they partied, but they also practiced their heathen rites. The integrity of Christ, the gospel, the church must be defended. And therefore, when strong sin comes in, it must be met with a strong response. Never is the response unloving. It is firm and fair, and love is, is definitely there. 
But, you know, love must be tough. We're too mushy-gushy these days. We want to shield people from accountability, shield them from ideas that, well, you know, might make them think or might make them feel insecure. We want to give them safe places and safe spaces. And all of this is like hermeneutically, hermeneutically sealing an individual from germs. If ever they are exposed to the germs, they, they're going to get more sick than if they've had an ongoing exposure in the normal world. We cannot wrap people in cotton wool. Some people are trying very hard, preserving them from ideas they will be uncomfortable with, preserving them from feeling uncomfortable, preserving them from getting offended, and all this. How are we going to roughen up and face the challenges ahead with such an upbringing? It's time to be firm, principled, yet loving, very loving. After all, you tell me who's more loving. The firm, fair parent who disciplines or the mushy-gushy parent that lets the child run riot and do whatever they want? You should know the right answer to that question. Well, that's what's happening with the church and this man. The punishment must be extensive enough to bring repentance. After all, the sin was extensive enough. The goal is not punitive. The goal is restorative. If the sinner repents, he or she needs to be forgiven and received back to full fellowship and restoration. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, it says that if any person is overtaken in a fault, those that are spiritual must restore such a person in the spirit of meekness and considering themselves lest they also be tempted in the same way. I mean, we're no better than anybody else, and we need to convey that sense of humility and integrity. We're not being firm because we're holier than thou. No, it's because we have the fear of God, and we want the other to have the fear of God because we know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Be careful on issues like unconditional forgiveness, tolerance of sin, or a doctrine, which I don't even like using the phrase cheap grace. I mean, grace really is not cheap. It's priceless. But some people teach that somehow that because of grace, you can do whatever you want and it's God's uh, duty to forgive you. Like he doesn't even have a choice. Well, (laughs) not so fast on that one. God has a lot of choice and God has chosen the way of the gospel. He loves us. He sent his son to pay the penalty and debt for our sin The gift of salvation is free. The gospel is free, but it costs God everything. And in return, we need to offer God everything, including our bodies as a living sacrifice and our minds for renewal. In verse 7, we're told, you ought rather to forgive and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one be swallowed up with too much sorrow. So basically, verse 7 of 2 Corinthians 2 is telling us, go easy. Since the sinful man has been sufficiently punished, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Failure to do so means he will be swallowed up with too much sorrow, and this will make a bad situation much, much worse. We are told in verse 8 to reaffirm our love for him. So this again may seem surprising to people who view Paul as a hard-nosed legalist. Let's remember, Paul was once a hard-nosed, hard-headed legalist, intransigent, a bully boy, Pharisee, who went out of his way to expose, to arrest, to condemn brothers and sisters who, in Christ who happened to be Jewish. He was very much anti-missionary, but violently so. And he was there when in Acts 7, Stephen, the first recorded Christian martyr, was being stoned to death, people laid their cloaks at the feet of Saul of Tarsus, 
that's Paul's Hebrew name, and he approved of Stephen's death, and he says so later on in the New Testament to his sorrow. So this is the man he once was, but now he's walking with Christ. Paul has suffered so much for the name of Christ, and this suffering for Christ has brought a needful softness. Now, don't think for a moment that strong people have to be hard. Actually, strong people can be and should be soft where it matters. Hard and and durable where it matters, and soft and pliable where it matters. That's really where it should be. And of course, so many people get confused. They're soft in the areas they should be hard, and they're hard in the areas where they should be soft. So what happens is love is the order of the day. We have to affirm our love for this man who was once so sinful. From beginning to end, love must prevail. So now that the sinful man has been punished, it is time to forgive him, comfort him, restore him, and reaffirm our love to him. Now, it is said in our day that sometimes people accuse all Christians, or sometimes they accuse a few certain Christians of being unloving. They even use the word hater. Let me address this issue briefly. What people need to see is that a true Christian walking according to the precepts of God's word and, and, being filled with the Holy Spirit can in no wise be a hater of any person. It's impossible because Galatians 5.22 tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love. We don't have to conjure up love or stir it up or have it come through wishful thinking. It's downloaded into our spirits by the Holy Spirit himself. Romans chapter 5, the love of God is spread abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit he's given us. Romans 5 verse 5. So we don't have to try to be loving. We already are loving because of the work of God in our lives. It is unfortunately true that some people, Christians, can say very unloving and uncharitable things. And even though they may think believe they're sticking up for a godly principle, the way it's delivered is sending all the wrong messages. I urge all brothers and sisters in Christ to remember we are followers of Jesus. God is love, like father, like children, and we can be firm. We can be principled. We can and should stand up for righteousness, but never in a spirit of condemnation, intolerance, or even something that verges on hatred. No two Christian should really be a hater. If the term hater is ever used inappropriately, then the person using it is going to see for themselves they were very wrong when the love of God comes out. If, on the other hand, the Christian wasn't very loving, the best thing to do is repent. Don't be proud and stubborn and act like you didn't make any mistake. Do it, because that's where credibility comes in, integrity is affirmed, and you will be counted as a godly, spiritual, trustworthy individual. So Paul is telling us, Two, forgive, comfort, restore, and reaffirm our love to this wayward brother. In verse 9, he does reiterate, For to this end I also wrote that I might put you to the test whether you are obedient in all things. So the letter he's writing to the Corinthians is to put him to the test. He wants to see if they're obedient or not. In this case, giving out undue punishment or do punishment, actually, and then practicing forgiveness and love is what he has recommended. Verse 10, he talks about this. It's called forgiveness. Let us all forgive. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. Here is grace and love 
inaction. Paul freely states that whoever the Corinthians forgive, implying the man in question of 1 Corinthians 5 and others, Paul will also forgive. He does not plan to play hardball on this matter. Indeed, Paul has already forgiven that one in the presence of Christ for the sake of the church. And then finally, in verse 11 of 2 Corinthians 2, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the most powerful reasons to forgive is so that Satan will not have a toehold in your life. Christians must be aware how our adversary works. Unforgiveness is one of his key tools. Since he knows that unforgiveness embitters and stifles a person, imprisoning them in victimhood and anger, and keeping them from progressing in their Christian walk. It's a very bad situation. Oftentimes you hear people say, I'm hurt, I've been hurt, and they really wear their hurt out loud for the world to see. We've all been probably guilty of this to one extent or another, but understand that in most cases, if not all cases, saying you're hurt is just a synonym that of saying, I'm not forgiving. I will not forgive. Understand whoever, if we don't forgive, our Heavenly Father won't forgive us either. I mean, it's for our sakes that we do. But remember, you can partner with God on the issue of forgiveness. You are not required to do it in your own strength. You do it by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit. The devil knows that God will not forgive those who are unforgiving. That's why he wants you to be unforgiving and to embitter you and keep you in a state of hurt and victimhood. Love, forgiveness, and grace, all these overcome the wiles of the devil. That is why, friends, our lesson is called time to forgive, love, and move on. We want to get on with our Christian destiny. What is our lesson for life? Be slow to judge and quick to forgive. This is a sure pathway to fruitfulness and victory. Again, be slow to judge and quick to forgive. This is a sure pathway to fruitfulness and victory. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter, helping you understand the times through articles on the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. Father, thank you for 2 Corinthians and the message of forgiveness and of letting go and restoring people in love. Father, this is how we should always be. And if we will be this way, learning to love, forgive, let go, and move on, what a powerful testimony to the outside world. It is time to restore these Christian truths to full vigor so that we can run the race and win. Through our King Jesus, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.